Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. The first Tuesday of each month, I make my way to Bluegrass Way and, and share the gospel there. And this past week, um, my, my youngest son, Judah, and I, we were rolling down the road. And the further we got from the church in Greensburg, he's like, Daddy, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. You can't go there, right? You, you, you're missing it, right? Because I told him we were going to share the gospel. And so and we had this moment. I said, so can we only share the gospel in church? And he gets this big grin on his face and he starts shaking his head, right? No, like he understands. And, and so I just said, man, listen, when it comes to preaching the gospel or sharing with other people, it can be for anyone everywhere. Right? I mean, anyone everywhere deserves to hear the gospel. And so we just talked about the reason why that is, is because only the gospel, only the good news about Jesus dying for us, that's the only thing that can save us from our sins and restore us back to God. And so about that time, we pull into bluegrass and my grandfather, that's where he spent his uh, last few years of life. And as we roll in there, um, Judah says these words to me, Daddy, I know that Papa died. But I sure hope he isn't in hell. Daddy, I don't want Papa to be in hell. And then this statement. Daddy, is Papa in hell? It's a serious question for anybody, but much less coming from a four-year-old. But I think it's a reminder that all of us have moments in life where we even maybe as young as four this morning, you're wondering and thinking about what happens after this life. Now, obviously, he's quite, had quite a bit of exposure to the gospel, and we've talked about heaven and hell and some of those things and, and dealing with life and death. But nonetheless, my assumption is that many of you here have moments where you have begun to wonder, what's going to happen after I die? Or where, is the, where are those that we love? And I think all of this today calls us to a place of reminding us that we need real faith. And what is real faith? And so this morning, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, one, one verse, and really work our way through it. And we're going to look at this idea of God, Noah, and the ark, real faith being revealed. Like, what is real and true and genuine faith? First, what we know about faith is this, that faith is rooted in a promised work of God. Faith ultimately has an origination place. It is with the work of God, the promise of God. So look what you would. Verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah. Now notice what's going to happen here. It says, let's just read the passage and work our way. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So look what it says here, by faith, Noah. And so the question is, well, Noah has faith, but what's his faith in? Well, notice what the text says. He's being warned here. All right, so his faith is connected to a warning, connected to, in essence, we might say, a promise. But the question is, well, who is making the promise that his faith is rooted in, and it's by whom? Okay, that's call and response, all right? So by faith, Noah being warned by who? By God. So listen, look what happens here. So Noah's faith, right, is connected to this promise or this warning, right? And that warning is rooted in who said it. And that person that said it was who? God. 
God, right? So we hear about this, right? Genesis chapter 6, verse 17. God says, I'm going to flood the earth to make an end of all mankind. And there's this moment, right, of you, you have to realize that this, this is what difficult, what's difficult for Noah is this. And it's the same thing that happens for you. It collides with your life. So look what it says again. By faith, Noah, being warned by God, look what it says here, concerning events, what? As yet unseen. And that's why, in essence, this is what calls us back to the faith part, right? Because it's not yet seen. God's speaking to him about things he cannot see, things he's not yet experienced, things that maybe haven't unfolded yet, right? And so he's calling Noah, listen, Noah, will you believe me even when you cannot see? Because that's what verse 1 has told us in Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not what? What we do not see. And so Noah's going to provide an, an, an example for us to look and say, what is real faith? And so we see that Noah's faith, again, is connected to this warning of God, right? That God's made, and it concerns these events that have yet to unfold. I don't know, maybe you struggle with having faith in God, but my assumption is you have faith in plenty of other things. Many of you probably like me, right? You have that moment when you pick up the phone or go online and you order that pizza, right? For me, it's the pepperoni, bacon, pineapple. If mom's paying, love you, mom. If I'm paying, it's the one topping $5, okay? So just, just being straight with you. But listen, when I place that order online or I call and make that, I don't spend the next 20 or 30 minutes of my day wondering, are they going to make that pizza? I get in my vehicle because I'm too cheap to pay the tip, right? Okay. And I drive to the place and I get the pizza. But I'm not worried the whole entire time. Why? Because I've had an interaction. And guess what? I'm taking that they're going to be faithful to do what I've asked them to do. Many of you. How many of you here have ever had a point in which you've had to take medicine? Probably some of you this morning, right? I mean, my assumption. How many of you, like when you take medicine, right? You know everything about that. Like, you know every, like, how the chemical compound comes together, right? How this w drug interacts with this, and you understand how it goes when it goes into your body, how it causes this thing to fire and this to work, and how it actually helps this actual area where your knee hurts or your toe hurts, or how does it target that infection, or how does it help the headache, or how does it alleviate, like, how does all of this work together? My assumption is the vast majority of you here are trusting in that doctor, that physician, that pharmacist, the drug techs who helped develop that drug, you're trusting that what you're going to put in there, in that capsule, is actually what they says is in that bottle, and you're going to pour it out the right amount of dosage, and you're going to take it, and you are expecting by faith, ultimately, that that medicine is going to have some type of effect upon you to help with the symptoms and the things you're dealing with. So my question is, if we trust the pizza people, and we trust the medicine that we put in our body, why are we not trusting the living God? I mean, let's just ask just for a, just a brief moment. Who is this God? Does He know everything? Well, according to Genesis chapter 6, He predicts a flood and it happens. Like, not just like a, like a flood like here, like the creek got out of its banks. Like an entire a world flooded. This God knew it beforehand. Secondly, we might ask, does He have the power to bring it about? Well, the God who said that it's going to flood actually had the power to bring it about. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it rained. And the oceans and the deeps opened up of the earth and all of the water began to flood the earth. And so last, we might ask, well, if he knows everything and he's all-powerful, is he actually present and able to do anything about it? Because if I'm going to have faith in a God, I need to know who he is. 
And the Bible says that this God is so present that in Genesis chapter 7, verse 16, that Noah and his family go in the ark and it says that God shut the door. And he watches over them and finally he delivers them to dry ground. So I want you to know as you hear Genesis or Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, or Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 here today, I want you to know that faith is ultimately rooted in a promise of God and the God of the Bible, the Father of Jesus Christ, is worthy of your trust and allegiance. Even when you can't see. Especially when you cannot see. Secondly, this. Faith is an inner response. So faith is rooted in the promise of God, right? In His Word, it's rooted in what God's Word says, even when I can't see it, even when my life seems to say it's not true, right? But faith is an inner response. Something has to happen internally, right? I can't just hear these words and go back out. I must, I must receive it, right? I must ingest this Word into my soul, into who I am. And so faith is an inner response. Look at me what again. Beginning in verse 7. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. And notice what happens here, what he does. In a reverent fear. If you have New King James, it says, moved with godly fear. The Christian standard says, motivated by godly fear. So there's a moment in which you realize that this God who is speaking to you is the creator of the earth. This God who gives life, the one who gives the very breath in your lungs, the one who causes your heart to beat, the God who loved you in your sin and gave His Son for you. This God is speaking to you through His Word. And Noah has this moment of reverent fear, this godly fear that breaks out upon his life. Right, This moment in which he begins to believe, humbling himself beneath this God, this inner response. Right Before we get to the external, there has to be something internally. And it just simply says a reverent fear. Notice this reverent fear, or this, this, how these things come about. Look what he says here at the end of the passage. Of the righteousness. All right, So again, we have this, this call of righteousness. That means literally to be made right with God. This righteousness, that, look what he says, comes by what? By faith. So righteousness, it comes by faith. So the only way to be righteous, right with God, is to have faith in His Son, Jesus. To look to Him and trust in Him in His Word, even though you can't see Jesus. Right? You're trusting and believing this is God's Word, and I'm a sinner separated, and so Jesus is my only hope. You might wonder, how does this righteousness that comes by faith, this reverent fear that begins to happen, how does that impact us on our daily life? I don't know how many of you, this past week, how many of you are involved in K-Prep? Come on. Huh? Got some K-Preppers out there? Yes, some of you. Some of you should be raising your hand, right? Some of you, yeah, I see some, right? So this past week, Thursday morning, K-Prep starts, right? Testing there for our kiddos, and I go to wake up Riv Dog, Riv's in third, and I'm like, buddy, it's it's time to get up, baby. We got testing today. We got to roll, man. And the first words out of his mouth were, Dad, I really hope that I get at least some proficient and mainly distinguished. I'm like, dude, that, that's awesome. But I want you to know, bro, listen, just before you go and take this test today or take these tests this week, I want you to know that my love for you and mommy's love for you and, and how we feel about you will never be determined based upon what these test tours come back for. That's not your identity. I want you to know that your identity is in the fact that God created you in His image and that you, you son, listen, God, Jesus gave His own life for you. That's your identity, buddy. 
That's your true identity. And because you are loved like that, and because you're made in the image of God, then dude, let's go out there and let's ball out. Let's go as hard as we can on that test. You take it as serious as you can. You give your very best. But not because you're trying to earn your righteousness. But because righteousness is by what? It's by faith. It only matters for nine-year-olds here in Greensburg, Kentucky. It matters for nine-year-olds in Indonesia as well. I don't know if you're aware of some of the most recent attacks, but the one in Sri Lanka. Listen to the heading here of the Wall Street Journal. The Sri Lanka bombers secured unusual source of help. And that's what the unusual source of help is. They're what? Their families. Listen to this further, right? This is, this is something's changing, trending. Something's trending different in terrorism. Listen to what it says. Unlike many terrorist organizations, Islamic State draws, look what it says here, wives and children into attacks. Something's different. Where it used to be men under the regime of other men and they were going in giving themselves something's changing. And what's changing is, is now that wives and children are involved. And, and listen, here's what I say about nine-year-olds. Look what it says here that further in this article. In 2018, a family of six in suburbia, Indonesia, look what it says. Look what it says. Included a nine-year-old daughter detonating themselves in suicide attacks on three churches, killing about a dozen. And this is why theology matters. Do you understand why they're doing this? Because if you give your life as a martyr, it guarantees your access to where? To heaven. That's what they believe. So their righteousness is not coming by faith. It's coming by works. Do you see this? You, you, can't, you can't separate God's Word from what's happening in the world around you. People are moved by what their religious beliefs are. So much so that wives and now even children are involved. My assumption is our security crew wasn't checking out nine-year-olds this morning as they walked in. What would move a nine-year-old to do that? Because they are now convinced that righteousness with God, whom they call Allah, the only way to do that is by giving your life as a martyr. That guarantees your pass into heaven. And that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ collides with that. Because it is a righteousness that's by what? By faith. By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to God's word alone. Do you see how what we believe and what we teach here is impacting our children? It's colliding with other world religions. It's colliding with everything that's happening in the world unfolding around them. So when you hear that Noah had a reverent fear and a righteousness that was by faith, I want you to realize that is practical for your everyday life. And so there it is. Thirdly. Faith is revealed through an external response. So again, you heard internally what those people were believing that moved them to an external response. So it is with Noah, and so it will be with all of us who are people of faith. Look what it says. Faith, again, is revealed through an external response. So again, remember, by, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, notice what he does right here. So again, watch this, watch what happens. So he has a reverent fear, and what's he do? He constructs what? An ark. He constructs an ark. He builds an ark, right? And look what the text says further. For the saving of his house. So look at this. By this. Assumingly, the by this connects back to the construction of the ark, right? Which the construction of the ark is evidence, right? It's, it's the external evidence that his internal faith is real, right? I mean, we could all say, hey, I believe, but Noah's out building the ark, right? We would say for you today, listen, you might say, I believe, but the question is, have you come to the ark? Have you come to Christ? You can say all day long, I believe, but have you come to Christ? Have you come to the one ark that will save? 
So Noah, look what it says there again. In reverent fear, his, his, what's happening internally begins to work its way outward in his actions and who he is. And so he constructs an ark. And look what happened. It says, by this, by this building the ark, by this faith in things that are still unseen. Look what happens here. He condemns the world. His faith condemns the world. It says every one of you should be believing in God's Son ultimately, right? Every one of you should be looking to God and trusting in Him. And the fact that you're not, look what it says, His very life condemns the world. Right? And that's a question of how do we know our faith is real? And I hope you'll come Wednesday night as Caleb walks through this more and, and talks with us about how we can have assurance of salvation. But listen, this is exactly what Jesus said in John 14 and 15. Look, he says, if you love me, you will obey what? My commands. John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you really love me, listen, it's not just what you say with your lips. It's what you live with your heart, with your life. So the constructing of the ark, again, has become the visible sign of his invisible faith. So listen, this provides greater clarity that saving faith is not something that simply happens when you're 10 or in your 30s and you move past it. No, saving faith, real faith. Listen, faith that repents and believes upon Christ at the moment of salvation, but it goes on trusting. It continues believing. It keeps on obeying. That's real faith. It keeps on trusting, right? I mean, they tell us, listen, that for Noah and uh, answers in Genesis, those who did the ark encounter, and you see that creation museum, they estimate that based upon the biblical account that Noah spent some anywhere 55 to 75 years possibly building the ark. Right, that's a long time to be living your faith based upon things that are unseen. That's a long time to have faith. That's a long time to trust in things that you cannot see. But there he is. Right, and maybe you're here and you're saying, "Dude, it's I don't know if you know or not, but it's Mother's Day. Like, what's this have to do with Mother's Day?" And that's the very question I asked God on Tuesday morning. I'm like, God, listen, I know you've called me to preach Hebrews 11, 7, but I have no clue, right? Like, surely we do like seven things to be a better mom or like um, mother's knows best with a Rapunzel, Disney Rapunzel twist. Like, surely something, God, I could, I, could, I could do something catchy and they'd like it. And here's just simply all, that, all the Spirit says back to me. Blake, read the passage again. Watch this. By faith, Noah, being warned by God, concerning events as yet unseen, and reverent fear constructed an ark. So he, he constructs the ark. And then look at this. For. Here's the reason. For the what? Saving of his household. I don't know a mother has any different desire, greater desire than to see their children and their family saved. Noah, listen, he, his love for God, this reverent fear, listen, a true and genuine love for God will always manifest itself in a love for people. Do you see that? This love, God, listen, he has this love. And so he, he in reverent fear, in faith, he constructs the ark. Why? Because he loves God, but he also loves his family. So mothers, I want to call you, listen, the saving of his household. As you care, as you love, as you disciple, as you share the gospel. And listen, don't hear this and just think, well, that's just for biological mothers or biological fathers or, or biological. No, listen, this past Wednesday night was a good reminder of that. This past Wednesday night was a spiritual mother sitting with one of our, our children in this congregation. 
having a gospel conversation that at the end she brought him to a spiritual father who could talk with her more. At the end of that conversation, she was connected now to another spiritual mother in this congregation who's been loving on her and another spiritual mother who come alongside her who's been discipling her in Awana. And then after the service, guess what we hear? Another spiritual mother shares a story of, of how on Wednesday night she's spending time with one of those that God's entrusted to her and they're singing together and they're serving together. So when you hear about the saving of his household, this is not simply just to your biological family. This is for all women, all men. This is for all those that God would bring into your path that you, by your faith in the truth of God, reverent internal fear, would have an external response of beginning to work it out that others might be saved. Fourth and last, faith is looking forward to what's next. Faith is looking forward. I think I heard that, James. I don't even know what you guys study, but it kind of sounded like you were sharing that from your Sunday school lesson today a little bit. Faith is looking forward to what's next. Look at this. Again, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Look what it says here. By this, he condemned the world, and notice what happens here, and became an heir and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith the point of saving faith right the point of true and genuine faith is that we could become an heir that we could begin to reign with christ that we could experience all that christ has won on our behalf that we could never win on ourselves right we could never overcome death on our own we could never overcome sin on our own but christ has done it and by faith his victory now becomes your victory and you become an heir by faith, do you hear that? Not because you could kill yourself as a, as a terrorist or because you could come to church enough or you give enough money in the offering plate or you go on enough mission trips or you could be a good enough person or stop doing this. It's by faith. Do you see it? Christianity is different from all other world religions. Why? Because all, all other religions are trying to make their way up the mountain to God. The beauty of Christianity is God came down the mountain to you to bring you back to God because you could never do it on your own. It's the beauty of Christianity. And it says that Noah, listen, by faith became an heir of the righteousness. Listen, part of what your heir is, Hebrews eleven sixteen says, but as it is, they desired a better country. That is a heavenly one. This is looking something further and better. Hebrews eleven thirty nine and 40 says, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Part of your heir, right, of what you've earned in Christ, right, because of by faith it's been credited to you as a gift, is that now you become perfect. Hebrews 10 and 14 says that by Christ once and for all sacrifice, He's made you perfect. I know you, you don't see that. I know we don't think that. We don't believe that. But by faith, that's your true identity this morning. Do you hear that? By faith this morning, in Christ, you are sinless and perfect. Because on the cross, He took your sin and shame from you and stood before His Father as if He lived your life. That you can stand before the Father as if you lived His, sinless and perfect. That's the beauty of this Gospel. You can be made perfect today. Right? And that's the hope of faith, isn't it? That imperfect relationships one day will become perfect. That our imperfect bodies that are hurting and aching and requiring medicine and this and that, that one day they'll be raised like His glorious body. 
that faith is the longing that one day there'll be no more death. Faith is striving for the day that we'll never disobey or never dishonor God or disappoint Him again. Faith is always looking forward to what's next. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, man, there was a time that I went forward, maybe made a profession, maybe even was baptized, but for years upon years now, there's no fruit, no external. I want you to hear this warning today. Let it, let it land, right? No matter where you stand or where you believe you stand with Christ, listen to this warning. It's the previous chapter of Hebrews. and Look at verse 39 of Hebrews 10. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But of those who, look what it says here, have faith and preserve their souls. So either you're shrinking back to destruction or you're pressing on to salvation. And listen, I just want to hear today and warn all of us, authentic faith, true faith is not faith that shrinks back. Listen, there may be seasons and there will be times in our life, listen, when we all struggle, we all begin to stumble back. Right? The text says that we all sin and we all stumble in many ways. But listen, as you see that stumbling, as you hear experience today, the conviction of God upon your life, He's calling you, press on! You've been made perfect in my Son, forgiven! Come on, child! I love you. I'll strengthen you. I'll carry you. I'll equip. I'll empower you. Listen, so the writer of Hebrews says, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. And so they're pressing on. And Noah is listed now in the following chapter as an example of what it looks like to have faith and press on, even if it's 55 or 75 years of waiting to see. This waiting, right? You wonder, well, why was why did it take so long? What's happening there? First Peter 3 and 20 tells us. Because they did not formally, because they formally did not obey. When God's, what? Patience waited. Notice when God waits. In the days of who? In the days of Noah. Right? Why 55, 75 years? Why? Some of you, you're wondering, why this season of life? Here I am, God. Might it be, might it be, might it be for you that your season of faith and struggle, God is using you, waiting patiently to call others to His Son and your faithful obedience in the midst of this dark, dark valley. God is using it to call others to His Son. God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared and which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through water. You can't give up, beloved. You must press on. And it's by faith alone. And listen, because it's by faith alone that Tuesday morning before we got out of the car, I could tell you to listen, buddy. Papa is just like the rest of us, man. He's not, he was not perfect. In fact, Papa would tell you that he was a sinner. But Papa put his faith, his trust in Jesus. And listen, we saw Papa striving, trying to live for the Lord and be a part of the church and, and talking about the Lord and, and, and sharing about those things. And so, son, listen, as we see these things, it gives us hope. It gives us a sense of peace that those that we love and care about who are in Christ are not separated from Him in hell, but in fact are with Him in His presence. So I wonder today for you, what evidence of faith is there in your life? 
But sometime down the road, your great-grandchild who might be four years old, when they ask, are you in heaven or are you in hell? What evidence of faith will there be? Because the internal faith, just like that of Noah, will work its way out externally, bringing glory to God. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. Is your faith real today? The beauty is, is come and confess, repent of your sins and confess Christ as your Lord and Savior. And by faith, God credits you as righteous. He sends His Spirit to live inside of you to transform you from the inside out. That you can be that godly mother, that godly spiritual mother. That you can be that faithful witness, empowered by His Spirit. Today, will you come? Father, in the strong name of Christ, we pray that you would draw people to you. I pray today that, God, the faith of all of us in this place, God, would be real. Father, strengthen us now, for we all stumble in many ways. Thank you for Christ, who is our perfect righteousness. Father, today I pray that people will rest not in their works, whether they've lived the best of life for the last three years or six years or the worst. But God, they'll come today just saying, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. I put my faith in Christ alone. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.